All right. This is uh, the Canadian Dropshippers Podcast. I'm your host, Sam, and I'm here with Chris today. Uh, you know what? This has been a while in the making. I announced uh, that I was going to do a podcast about three weeks ago. Um, but you know what? With the technical issues uh, that we faced, especially like somebody that has never done a podcast before, it's been a learning experience. But um, we finally got all the tech figured out. So you know what? I'm very excited to bring this to you guys. Um, this is going to be a new learning experience for me, um, but I hope I can provide a lot of value. Um, I'm here joined by Chris today. Uh, Chris is actually my partner in a few businesses that I've uh, been running now for a while. Uh, originally, you know, I met Chris through the Canadian Dropshippers Group, but we just had such synergy in the way we worked and uh, what our goals were that, you know, it just became a natural partnership. But I don't have to introduce him. He's he's already here. He can introduce himself. Thanks for having me, Sam. Yeah. So um, I guess I'll do a little profile on myself. Um, so I, I started off dropshipping over in June of last year. Um, took me a little bit of time with a learning curve to actually get with the program and understand how this whole process works. But uh, I started off in Dallas, Texas, um, started my company there. And I started contacting suppliers as as an as an American, um, you know, selling products to Americans, uh, and that whole deal. But what's um, the process like to register an LLC there in Texas? Oh well, I mean, I mean, it, in the states in general, um, it's t- it's typically recommended that you want to uh, form an LLC, just because um, when you, you don't, do, you can't do a sole proprietorship off the bat. Well, I mean, you could do a sole proprietorship, and you could do a partnership, and you could do anything else, but. The LLC is providing the, um, the the best situation just because if you were to get into a situation with uh, legal action, um, the only thing would be that would be upper stakes is the amount of capital that's in your company, not your personal assets, which is why I, I um, formed an LLC. Right. We don't have anything like that in Canada, sadly. Um, you know, it's not recommended, at least for Canadians, to do an LLC in the States because there are, like, double taxation rules and... Uh, the, correct me if I'm wrong, but the uh, economics of this, like, or the politics, I should say, work out so because our banking or, I guess, economic, you know, government, whoever, uh, they don't see LLCs uh, the way United States does because in the U.S., LLCs are viewed as see-through corporations, um, which our courts don't classify as that. I guess it's like an old British system because an LLC is, like, uniquely American. Mm-hmm. Um, but for our court systems, they uh, they see... I, sh- I should say I shouldn't say our court systems like just just the economics here or whatever they uh, see them they they don't they can confuse them with corporations right so if you as a Canadian have an LLC in the states so that you can sell to Americans in the states then what ends up happening is because you have an LLC in the states you're charging people the customers their taxes and what ends up happening is that when you have that money that you're making there it's tied to your LLC. Right, so if you want to bring the funds back to Canada, then it's gonna to have to go through the whole process again, and then you're gonna be charging, you're gonna be charged taxes for bringing the money here because now the Canadian system doesn't recognize uh, the taxes that you charge there as the taxes here. Usually, we have a pretty good agreement with that with the United States, but it's just iffy with this. Well, I remember when I first joined the CDSL group, Sam. Um, we were kind of both getting started, or at least I was, at least. And I was asking you some questions about tax situations because I was considering opening up a second store at this point. 
Um, but I, again, I just moved to Canada, so I was Were just... Were you considering opening that in Canada, or...? Yeah, 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 because I already had my American store. I was like, okay, well, I already have uh, American dollars coming in. I want to diversify my income. Um, I want to start a Canadian store, so I was wondering how that worked as, you know, me working as a, you know, a student on a student visa. Right. Um, so I, I kind of feel like I was the, the outlier in that group. Yeah, I mean, with uh, you being an American citizen, I was not quite sure what advice to really give you, because... I'm not an expert on tax law by any standard, but, you know, I just, I share what works for me, but that I'm a Canadian citizen, right? So uh, as a, an American citizen, I assume that there might be something else involved, but... Yeah, and, you know, like the the LLC is what worked for me as an, as an American citizen. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what the approach to take was as, as a Canadian, but... Right. Yeah. But, uh, well, now, though, at least because him and I, we've partnered on a few stores ourselves... Uh, it's sort of simplified, like I'll, I take care of all the stuff here, and then it works to our advantage because we can get American suppliers that otherwise Canadians can't get, and we can have them target the Canadian market because Chris can use his LLC for those suppliers and, uh, you know, it's to sign on with them, and we can use our, like I can use my ability to register a business here um, and then charge GST and stuff to Canadian consumers. Um, there are a few more, like, you know, taxes are always, like, an issue, but we're going to be seeing, like, just, like, a tax lawyer, just to make sure everything is, like, up and up on the board. But um, Yeah, I kind of wanted to elaborate on the, uh, on the you know, using my LLC thing a little bit further, just so for some insight here. So we're, you know, we're a Canadian dropshipping company right now. We're trying to get American suppliers on board to dropship with us in Canada. But, you know, sometimes we'll get the response, oh, we only work with uh, American suppliers, or, yeah. I mean, American uh, companies, and we don't want to deal with the duties and all that stuff. And then that's when I come back at them and say, oh, well, we have an LLC in America that I formed in Texas. And, you know, just so you know, as an American, you can, if you have an LLC, you can um, hold DBAs or doing business as names, and I can have as many of those as I want under my LLC. So, you know... My my LLC can have the DBA of this dropshipping store and the Which DBA is of this so one. convenient because you can't have that as a sole proprietor. I gotta, I think I gotta register as like a new sole proprietorship or a partnership for every store. Yeah, that's uh, different because um, as an LLC, I only have to pay my my three hundred dollar fee or whatever once. Yeah, and then I have a DBA that's like fifteen dollars every single time mm-hmm. I want to open up a new store. Yeah. But now, since we are, like, targeting Canadians now uh, with the Canadian dropshippers, if you are a Canadian, you want to sell in the United States, if you want to target American consumers, then it is very, very, I advise it highly that you register yourself as a sole proprietorship here in your own province. I'm in Ontario, so if I want to sell to people in the States, then I have to go to uh, the Ontario government's website and register what's called an MBL, a master business license, which costs like 60 bucks to register. But once you have that registered, then what you can do is now you're registered within the province and essentially that's all you really need. I also advise you to um, get like a federal GST uh, number. You can call the CRA, uh, CRA people and just tell them like, you know, you need a GST number. I cover this also in the Canadian Dropshipping Guide. Uh, so just read up more on it there, but... Get those num get that number and uh, get your master business license, which will also give you a business number that suppliers in the U.S. will ask you for, along with a reseller certificate, which you can then give them your master business license for, and that way you can sell in the United States. And if you so choose, you can then sell in Canada because you have a GST number. Uh, you can charge Canadians taxes because you have to. 
Um, but if you're a Canadian and you want to sell in Canada, then all you really need is to, you know, if you're with somebody, then do a partnership, register a partnership, or go and register a sole proprietorship. And then that way you can contact American suppliers and Canadian distributors. And it's I, I feel like it's a lot simpler process. It's exactly why I sort of left the American market myself. Because the tax laws are constantly changing. And I didn't feel confident in my own ability to provide either tax advice or really just deal with suppliers' questions on taxes or get involved in any sort of, you know, legal crap with the American states if, you know, some legislation came out the the week after I registered, like Maryland. Uh, Maryland came out with legislation that they won't, you can't, uh, like, a f- internet, like, if I'm registered in Canada uh, and if I'm shipping something in Maryland, they, they found a way to charge a sales tax on the delivery itself uh, if the thing is being delivered in there or the delivery driver passes through there. And it's just like there was legislation I I remember that they were introducing in the Senate that even foreign-owned places had to charge sales tax within America, and it's just confusing as hell. So I'm like, you know what, let's just do Canada. And, I mean, it's such an untapped market here, you know? Yeah, I mean, and I can, I can uh, you know, shed some insight on that too. While there is a lot of benefits of starting off dropshipping in America, there is quite the opportunity still to be operating in, in Canada guess you can kind of go over the differences, but I think as a beginner... You can um, especially first in your niche if you're here. Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're, like, just starting out, it's definitely a lot easier to sell in America, I believe, at least. Yeah, supplier-wise, supplier, supplier wise, you know, suppliers are more used to what the concept is. Um, for me, if I call suppliers in the States, I just, I call them, and then, like, I've gotten approved by pretty much every supplier I've ever called. Like, I've only been rejected once. That's it. And that was because they had too many dealers at that point, but... In Canada here, I was about to say Canada, but in Canada here, if I, I, I remember my first supplier ever called here to, he was a distributor and I had to stay on the phone with the guy for like 30 minutes trying to explain him the whole process, answer all the questions he had. Like he was, he, he'd never done this before. He was confused and you might be able to do it if, um, you know, you know, your stuff, you know, the technicalities behind it. And if you, you're confident in your ability to speak to strangers over the phone and in person, then do it. Nothing's stopping you. But for a lot of people, that's not something that they're comfortable with right off the bat, especially like their first supplier. They're not ready to get grilled on every little bit of information that, you know, they probably have no experience in anyways. But it, it is a, it's like if you're sort of experienced if, or if you're just confident as hell in general, you know your stuff. You know you can answer questions on shipping and stuff like that then. Get in, and uh, you know what? You're going to be... There's huge opportunities here. Yeah, and you know, I didn't have as much success as you my first time out with uh, my suppliers, the niche I was in. There was a lot of, um, you know, suppliers talking to each other. So um, when I was trying to get a hold of them, they're like, oh, are you with these people yet? Well, if you're not with these people, then we don't want to accept you. So, you know... Which is dumb. I mean... The end, end result goal should be like, hey, I'm trying to make you money, right? Yeah, and you know, I mean, but I, I think at the same time, it's just, um, I feel like we could do a whole entire episode on just talking to suppliers, but... Oh, definitely, I think we're going to have to. <laughs> but uh, I think uh, this is just um, the type of script that you have and like the demeanor that you have when you talk with suppliers. It's not something that's um, inherent, but kind of learned as you go through the process now. Because I remember um, earlier when we were talking to suppliers today, 
know, I had these uh, suppliers in America, and they were just like, oh, well, you're, you're in Canada, so that really changes everything. And then yeah. I kind of just rolled my eyes. I wish he could see me roll my eyes on the phone, but I'm just like, You Look. get more confident, right? Yeah. The more you do it, eventually it gets to the point where you're just like, Jesus Christ, just like shut up and give me the price Well, list. yeah, I mean, and I, I just told him, like, don't, don't worry about, you know, me being in Toronto and, you know, all the whole, you know, duties and tax things. I've done this for quite a while now. Yeah. I've handled many, many uh, American suppliers yeah. operating out of Canada at this point, so... Um, I just decided to, um, you know, ease his nerves and just move forward with the conversation. What can I do to get you to give me the price list? And that, that's like what, when I coach people, I tell them the same thing. You know, you can't, it's like ordering pizza after a certain point because <laughs> it's so, you, you become desensitized to it. You're not scared. You approach them literally as equals after, you know, you've gotten used to it all. And then that's like, people don't believe me when I tell them I've gotten mad at suppliers. If they're like, just giving me the run around the whole time, I, I'm, I'm blunt with them. I tell them like I'm not a I'm not a jerk. I'm respectful and courteous, of course. You know, you have you're establishing a new business relationship, but at the same time, human interaction is still key, you know, like people talk the way they talk and you talk to suppliers, eventually you go from being the scared person who's like, Oh, okay, you said no, okay, fine to the guy who's like, All right, well look, this is business. How you know, I know a way we can make this work. If your rules don't allow this, then you know what? Here's what we can do with your rules because your rules aren't going to be really applicable here. I feel like we have an opportunity here and I'm going to present you with this opportunity. Got to make those exceptions, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's just, I mean, you learn how to deal in business for sure. It's it's skills that are like super transferable, right? I, um, like, especially because I mentioned, like, I can't go into too much details on this. We were doing a, uh, I made a post that we were, involved in a 2.5 million dollar deal um that i'm currently brokering which has now ballooned into what's could be a six million dollar deal but would i be able to do that as a beginner no you know it's like honestly it's been just through months and months of experience talking to suppliers and convincing people and just being on the phone with them that i can now contact straight strangers and set up a deal, which, you know, it's been going good at this point, but we'll get, get in more of that later. I can't really talk too much about it, but exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing. Uh, you, you're nervous at first. And then as you start getting more experience talking to these people, you're starting to realize that, you know, rejection isn't the worst thing that happens, that it's just a temporary thing that you can come back to them later. Once you're, you know, making thousands and thousands of dollars in sales and be like, Oh, Hey, well, Sorry, uh, you you missed the first time around. Uh, we still think that your products are a great fit for our line. Would you like to jump on board now that you see it? Everyone else is making money too. Yeah, no, and um, you know with suppliers too, just you just can't get scared. That's all. People people they get they get scared. They get terrified. It's these are people too that you're contacting. Their main goal is profit, just like yours. So suppliers wise, you know, and it just ties the whole thing back into just drop shipping in Canada as a Canadian or even as an American like Chris is. Um, that it's doable if you if you know your stuff you know how the whole process works and it's not complicated right I've made posts on it um, I talk about it all the time but you once you know the process anyone can do it you just gotta have like you just gotta have it planned out and you said this is how we're gonna make it happen yeah and I want I really want to touch base on this one right here this is like this whole entire dropshipping model this isn't a get-rich-quick scheme. This isn't a no. MLM company with some shifty rules. Like, it's not a fantasy. You know, I remember when I was, you know, hanging out, um, you know, in my basement, just working on, you know, trying to get all my suppliers in line. 
and still thinking about like how unfeasible this was for me. But I just kept plugging away at you know doing the right things, running my ads, getting all the suppliers, getting my page designed, and seeing what worked to that first you know beautiful cha-ching sound. And you know what I was doing? I was on the streetcar, like Queen West, just you know enjoying my day. And then I hear my phone go off. Oh, I just made one hundred and thirty-nine dollars. Oh, look at that! I mean, it's it wasn't like the greatest sale. I mean, I that was one hundred thirty-nine profit, but. Like the sale wasn't necessarily super huge, but that was proof to show me that people do buy stuff online, and this isn't necessarily like some fairy tale dream. No, you I mean, just need to put the work in. Yeah, so. and you know, you made a few sales. You it just becomes how common sense the whole process is. You have a store, you have products. People are searching for these products, and you market your products. People will click on your products because Google wants people to click on them. That's how they make money, and then people buy. It's as simple as that, and you know we can, of course, we can expand expand it into infinite complexities. But at the end of the day, it comes down to just that: find product, put it up on your store, market, people buy, you make profit, and you repeat that enough times, it becomes a just an awesome source of passive income. Yeah, I mean, I think also one lesson that I really learned um, was don't be scared to fail. I mean, there's yeah. there's um so much that you can learn from a from an experience that don't go your way that you fail so much that you're just really repeating the actions over and over again and while it might not necessarily be successful overall you start getting training and the skills that you need to to deal with people so yeah maybe you've had like four or five or six like really failed stores that didn't work out in your favor but you know what you can maybe open up a store in 30 minutes now you can just get your design going have your supplier <laughs> list and you know, there you go. People well, are working on their stores for like three to four months and, you know, we can crank out a store in like a good 30 minutes if we try. Yeah, yeah. But what he's referring to is because we made a challenge, right? Today we launched like two stores and I told him that I could get a store designed and ready for sup- like calling suppliers in 30 minutes. And it's exactly what we did. And we started just calling suppliers immediately or straight after. And uh, yeah, we got approved and uh, you know, we finally, they, they are a bit slow on the draw, but they finally sent us our a product list so we can start uploading products right i uh did a video on getting it done in two weeks man but i was still slow in those two weeks like now it's done in a day or uh to be honest in like a few hours and that's it there's no excuses anymore like once you've done it so many times that it's become muscle memory you can just you know create a store boom speaking of failure like my first three stores for all that you you know listening that that have had failed stores my first three stores failed miserably um, my very first store, and you know what, honestly, if I were to go back in those niches now and I were to retry them, I'm confident I would make a killing in all of them. But when I was just starting out, I was expecting like to th- throw up a store there and make sales, but no, that's not how it worked. Um, like my first store, I, uh, literally had just one supplier, but that supplier gave me like 400 products. I'm like, oh my God, this is so much work. And I finally had it put up and I didn't know what I was doing and, I, I think I paid somebody to put up the rest of the products because it was too much work for me. And once it was finally up, like I was like, okay, where's the money? And I just sat there and I used my free Google ad credit. And once that ran out, I'm like, okay, no no sales. Yep, I guess this is just destined to be a failure, right? And I didn't learn a damn thing from that. And I kept repeating that the next two times. But like after the third time, it was it was a hard feeling, but I finally clicked in. And I tried different things. I... 
designed my store to the absolute value that I could. I uh, put out a ton of content on my store. I made sure that it was conversion worthy. I got every supplier that I could possibly get for every single product I could possibly get. I made sure my market wasn't too competitive. And then my stores did very well. I um, At my biggest point, I had like uh, seven stores that I was uh, juggling. Um, but I was bringing in like, um, every store like would do between, you know, 2000, 3000 a month. And that was, that was a very good time. And I ended up selling them. I ended up selling a few. Um, I got busy with the blog, the Canadian dropshippers blog in it, but it was a journey, right? But none of this would have happened if I just quit after the first failure or even the third. Yeah. And you know, I would like to bring up the whole conversion thing for your website. Cause that was one lesson I really learned with my first store. I really tried to make my store like the most beautiful thing. Like it wasn't just another drop shipping store. I was like, okay, yeah. well, you know, like Anton's theme on DSL, it, it looks really, you know, clean and simple. But I want to like go yeah, above, above. It's so too I, basic. <laughs> yeah. So so I I go over here and get this coder to like design this like beautiful aesthetic thing. And you know, I have like all this awesome like little doodads on my website. But you know, um, they scroll down on the page and you don't see products right away, you're wasting their time. Like maybe they don't want to be like wooed by all these cool little things in your site. I mean, maybe the suppliers love it. They're like, Oh, it looks cool, but it's not going to make them want to buy. I think it's a lot of like personal pride that we put into the stores. Like, no, it has to look like absolutely just artistic and amazing. And it's not what ends up happening though. I feel that, uh, the, the theme that DSL provides is a very good theme just for conversions alone. Like it's clean and it handles a large amount of inventory, and I've uh, talked with people before and they've paid designers to make this absolute beautiful site that had never made any sales. And they're like, they switch back to the DSL theme and all of a sudden it just starts converting just like... <laughs> well, that's kind of exactly what happened to me. Yeah, and I don't know why it is. I think it's just because people don't like too much design. It confuses them. It's complicated and, you know, like, uh, well, from, you, you could have it. Yeah, I mean, from an SEO perspective, at least, they they don't want, um, you know, beautiful, I mean, like, maybe, like, beautiful design is awesome, but they just want speed, really. Like, um, what's the speed of your site? And if you have, like, this giant, like, video embedded on your page that's yeah. taking up a lot of time, that's going to hurt your SEO. Yeah, and um, so for that, I would I would definitely say, you don't have to hire designers, especially for dropshipping. Like, I threw up a store in 30 minutes. People told me that it costs um, $150 per store, which is, I think it's crazy. It cost me 30 bucks a store. And that's just to register the store. The rest of the stuff is free. Yeah, like, are you buying themes every time or something? Yeah, or? like, um, but you know what? It does cost me money to register the business as a Canadian. And um, I don't know, maybe DBAs do apply here. I, I would love it if they did because then I wouldn't have to register like a new thing every single time. But as far as I understand, they don't. But so again, another sixty bucks. But come on, that's what's the cost compared to a brick and mortar store? Like rent, electricity, employees, uh, uh, having to deal with WSIB, having to deal with the OHIP. Um, say OHIP, uh, but just insurance, all that stuff, right? It's complicated and it's expensive. And most businesses, in the physical sense, they can't even reach the customers we can. There's absolutely no reason to just start like a dropshipping store, especially if you're a Canadian. And you have the guts for it. Do it in Canada, man. Like, look at Australia. I, I reference Australia a ton because back when e-commerce was first um, still popular in the United States, nobody done it in Australia, right? They, they, they didn't even have Canadians questioning it because we have a land border. Uh, it was a bit easy for us. But Australians, they were off. They were um, waterlocked. And 
a few brave souls said, you know what, we're going to try it in Australia, and they did. And they the, killed it. Yo, they, they killed it. Like, these guys are making thousands of thousands of dollars a day. Like, they're the only person selling to that market. And Australia has a less population than Canada, right? They're 21 million. We are, we're like 35 million. So they, they, they did amazing there. So now that I go on Google Shopping and stuff and I go and, you know, check our competitors um, and I see that there's literally nobody selling some of the brands that Amer- in America, like, there's like hundreds of stores selling them. You you gotta pinch yourself because it's weird. It's a weird feeling, but I mean, at the same time, it gets you excited because that's the opportunity there. You could be the first person in this niche, like nobody's done it, and that's for everything. So that that that's a huge huge market for us to just tackle on. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of as if you went back in time ten years and you're looking at old PLA bids of like oh, fifteen man. cents. You yeah, know? yeah, I say like you know, dropshipping Canada is like if you were. To time travel back to 2000, 2001 in the United States, and you're like, yeah, you know, I, I'm a time traveler, and I know what drop shipping is, and you, you would make a killing. Like, you would get in all those competitive niches, and you just off the bat, you'd be a, like, multi-billionaire at this point. <laughs> but that's, that's what, you know, what you have is the opportunity, and it's, it's the easiest way to get started is uh, just, just to begin. Drop shipping in the e-commerce, like, I would say in the scope of all things e-commerce, drop shipping is the easiest thing you can do. That's, like, level one. You got to be able to just drop ship. You got to be able to throw up an e-commerce store, which can make you a thousand, two thousand, like in profit a month, and just go off of that. But uh, a lot of people they overcomplicate it. They're they're after that next new shiny thing. They try drop shipping and they're like, oh, too confusing. Blogging's better, bro. And they'll go blog for a bit, and they don't know how to. They don't have people engaging with their content, and they'll say oh affiliate marketing is the next big thing man they'll start up email lists and they'll put affiliate links on their blog and stuff and they'll still not make much and then they're like well you know um fba fba is where it's at or i'll sell on amazon and then they'll just skip there's no consistency there's no dedication it's just you're looking for that first drug you're looking for that just first dollar and you're like yeah 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 we'll do whatever i just need a thousand or something it's not you can't be impatient you know, and drop shipping is a great place to start off. And while those things that you mentioned, if you jump into them, to them too quickly, you'll, you might fail, which is pretty likely. I feel like uh, when you succeed at drop shipping, it really primes you to succeed in other fields and that are relatable and transferable skills. Absolutely. So, you know, you, you have your drop shipping sort of that's successful, and then you start, you know, learning a little bit about email marketing, um, you know, list building then you start learning all these different types of skills that are all relatable and then maybe you can go into blogging because you know how to you know um, get people to be interested in your, in your um, email marketing offers to um, you know make them want to buy and then you have like all these new skills that you can apply towards other things yeah like we those skills I learn and Chris learned from our like months uh, like we've been doing it for like a year and a half now but the skills we learned, uh, I mean, we started a creative, like, digital creative agency in Toronto. We designed websites for and uh, ran online marketing campaigns. Like, uh, we set a high price because we were good at it. We That's what we did with our stores. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we were good at design because I designed blogs, like, from myself. And, you know, the skills that you learned, like, literally, all the skills that you've learned. I haven't had a part-time job or a full-time job since last year. Like I think November was when I when I was uh, still working at Tim Hortons before I got into it. Now, you're you're in this industry and you're you're just good at it. And you see this thing like 
it's passionate, but it's work, and it's just the sort of work that you wake up like. I wake up at eight a.m. every day, and I'm 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 with like I meet up Chris with Chris around nine a.m. and we're working till like three a.m. like and it's not even work. It, well, it is work, but it doesn't feel like work. It's just it's just what we do. And there's something definitely to say about that, you know. Uh, I remember uh, as I started refining my skills here that um, because I entered this journey of dropshipping and I took the chance on Anton's course, I developed a really unique skill set in digital marketing. And I actually landed like a pretty sweet, you know, position at the current job I was working at as I was transitioning into more dropshipping. Yeah, and you brought I, them like so many sales online. Yeah, and you know that's and it, it's evolved from that to well, if I can do it for this company and I can do it for myself, why can't I just be a contractor and do it for as many people? And that's when we did, yeah. you know, moved into that creative agency that we that we. And um, then made. you know you combine that and you get all these ideas because now money is like something that you can always have. Uh, you just combine these ideas. Well, you know what? We'll have dropshipping stores that'll provide us with like uh, revenue and just you know money that we'll have passively, and then we can focus more active efforts on like active work efforts on individual projects, and that could be anything, right? If you do it for a large amount, like a large amount of cash, or you could just travel. It's up to you. But the stuff you learn, man, like that's just it's it's unteachable in so many other aspects. It's something that you can only learn through experience and trial and error, and you got to be sticking through it. Like, I know what I know now because of like a year of just year and a half of just unbroken concentration and effort. This is all I've literally thought about for twenty four hours a day until I'm sleeping, and then I wake up and I'm, that's all I think about. It's the practical experience versus the classroom. While yeah. while you might get some, uh, I mean, you'll get a lot of insight obviously from the DSL course and whatever dropshipping um, resource guides. But um, actually getting in the field and doing it, like I feel like I've learned more about digital marketing and e-commerce from just going on this journey than I have been in school. Yeah. And that's just kind of funny, right? Just talk about practice, right? I mean, this is just practice like it's perfect here. Um, but, you know, so that's what it ends up coming down to. So if you're on the fence and you don't know what you want to do, I think this is a very fitting way to really just begin and also end our first podcast because you're on the fence and you don't know if it's a good fit for you then get into it it's the it literally drop shipping is idiot proof if you're not making at least uh, a grand two grand a month doing it then you're doing something just terribly wrong and have us look at it for you we'll be happy to help you out um and check us out. You know what? Check us uh, check us out on our uh, blog as well. That's dropshippingcanada.ca. It's all one word. Um, and see what we post about. And join our Facebook group. Uh, we'd love to help you out with this, especially when you're just beginning. And you know what? That's that's all I got to say about it, at least for this one, because we have so much content. But, you know, I'll let Chris add something else. Yeah, I just wanted to add this last thing for you guys. I'm going to make a note to your future self here. I'm going to give you a big, big um, word of advice here. Just check out Dropshipping Canada. You know, you might have seen DSL's course already and like some of Anton's ads, but look into it further. You know, look at Dropshipping Canada's blogs and all, all the stuff that he posts um, or Sam posts about his journey and his profit in two weeks journey. Um, maybe some more technical stuff like his CSV course that he made. And if you like what you see, maybe just go to the resources section and, you know, click on that link for DSL and sign up. You know, it's... Yeah. It is an expensive investment, I'll tell you that much, but it's nowhere near, it, it's just the cost of doing business. And the reason I tell people to do it is it's just so much information. I don't even have the time 
nor the like I don't have the time or the energy to go through every single thing that that course would can teach you I mean that thing has been like five years in the making it's constantly being updated and the price is a factor but if you're serious about getting into business online then you got to look at there's always costs to doing business and the price will go up every single time the course is updated it, it goes up every year so I got in when it was like a thousand bucks but you know it goes up every year and you whatever the you have to pay for that skill set. It's very yeah. valuable. You, you, if you're smart, you could do it on your own, sure. But the amount of time it'll take you, like you could have literally saved months. And if you're that smart, save yourself that time so you can actually spend that time doing something that you can learn from that knowledge. But the, uh, the, it's just the cost of doing business. You know, if um, it's nowhere near the cost of a physical store. But look, if you're serious about it, then it's serious. It's a business, and that's what it comes down to. And that's what it'll always come down to is. Are you serious or not?